welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sashikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And guess what? We have a wonderful returning guest with us today. It's Diane Delina. And if you remember her first episode, uh, we talked about ADHD solutions because she is the founder of Sexuality and ADHD Solutions. So last time we focused on the ADHD part of her work. And today we are going to learn something about the sexuality part of her work because she's also an erotic blueprint coach and you know actually what before i do any more talking i'm going to invite diane to jump in and tell us more about who she is and what she does welcome diane and welcome back thank you very much samia i appreciate that um Yes, I do work with people who have different brains, not always just ADHD. Sometimes they're geniuses. Sometimes they uh, have mild autism. Uh, there's a lot of different things on the spectrum of mental disorders. And um, really what that means, mental disorders, means that there's a disorder in your way of thinking, right? So sometimes we see that in people, like there's all we say they're all over the place or they have no filters or stuff and sometimes that's actually true they have no filter and there's a malfunction in the executive functions so that's uh that's a lot of what i work with and um yeah i like to talk about sexuality because it's such a big part of our life and a lot of times people say i'm doing some holistic work but they're not including their erotic self so it's not holistic because at the core of who we are, how we do sex is how we do life and how we do life is how we do sex. Oh, you know? And actually, um, sexuality is like air. It's just a part of our life. It's who we are and we need sex. You know, it, there's so much research on the health benefits of sex. Indeed, indeed. And you know, I will say that this is one of the things um, that I'm really happy I'm a Muslim because even in traditional Muslim culture, uh, we have always recognized that um, our sexuality is a very integral part of, uh, of us but also that the, ha, being able to engage in a sexual relationship is actually one of the blessings that we have been blessed with. I mean, it 
not only can be a source of of pleasure for us but it's also such an amazing way for us to connect with other human beings but also like for us as muslims we also um our goal is by having the right intentions by recognizing it as a blessing as a gift from god for us uh, that we also um you know turn it into an act of worship in terms of you know just yeah having that awareness that this is part of how god has made us and that he wants us to to live out this part of us as well and to acknowledge it and honor it and by doing that it becomes a part of how we relate to god and therefore worship god you know so there there is this like very cool understanding that even when i was like younger like that i that i had and so in some ways islam has a very sex positive attitude but then i must admit also diane <laughs> that at a cultural level muslims can have a very sex not positive attitude and so i'm happy to have you on my show today to talk about um you know how we can open up the communication about sex and do it in a way that's safe because it's not um i mean there's so many important reasons like you have been hinting at that we need to have the sex conversation and um and we don't and can get us into all kinds of trouble so yeah totally it totally can and um one thing though that you mentioned that's absolutely crucial is the intention what is your intention for having sex mm-hmm. right and what is sex it's not the same thing to everyone mm-hmm. Tell right me so that. yeah Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers the happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease interested book a free happiness 101 exploration call with me your happiness expert samia vano just use my online calendar link in the show notes now back to the show the intention is everything so when you spoke about you know having that spiritual love making experience that's one type of sexuality and we call that an energetic in the erotic blueprints the energetic is more about the connection about you know working with our energy 
about bringing each other to a heightened level, almost an out of body experience, so spiritual. And, you know, Tantra talks a lot about that, is all about that heightened spiritual experience, that real art of lovemaking, of, of spending the however time it takes to explore the entire body to see exactly where the pleasure points are and so on. And that's a beautiful connection between two people. However, I've learned that most people don't even know about that. Mm. We rarely see that in a, in social media, on in the movies. Uh, and how often did your parents talk about sex to you and the art of lovemaking? Never, never. I mean, no. that's what I'm saying is that, you know, as a culture, um, and now I'm talking about my Indian Pakistani culture, you know, it's a hugely taboo issue. Like you never um, really talk about sex. And not only do you not talk about it in the context of my family trying to teach me about it, but um, like even in schools, because I didn't come to America until I was almost 18. So all of my schooling happened in different countries in Asia. Uh, India, Pakistan, Middle East, and over there, you, you don't even have sex ed. Uh, and people would freak out if, uh, you know, like uh, our parents would freak out if they thought their children were being taught about sex in school. And it's just a very strange situation where, like, for example, until I was, um, I think in college maybe and I was taking a human biology course um, I didn't even know what happened when people had intercourse I mean I'd heard the word but I didn't know what actually happened in the context of intercourse and until I took that human biology class I had no idea about uh, the process of reproduction uh, our biology you know in that context and is just um, very, very uh, strange to me now as I think about it, especially from, as I said, the perspective of being a Muslim. Yeah, the like, religion, yes. the religion aspect mm -hmm. of it makes it a very beautiful and important yeah. thing. And then yeah. the cultural aspect totally denies it. Almost. Yes, yes. <clears throat> that is very contrary. Mm -hmm. Yes, because actually after I came to America, and so many <clears throat> things opened up for me, and I actually got to research uh, much more deeply about Islam and different understandings of Islam. And it was here in America that I found that there's actually literally books and books uh, written about issues relating to sexuality in Islam and a lot of that content is actually going back like the original sources are going back to the time of the Prophet Muhammad and in fact the Prophet Muhammad himself spoke openly with his people about issues of sexual health and things like that and it's all been documented but uh, in my Muslim education, my first 18 years of life, uh, I never even heard about that. 
Interesting. You know? So like, even as a Muslim, I wasn't allowed to learn about those teachings of Islam. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. And you know, there are other cultures who also don't talk about it, don't do. And the funny thing is like, it's such an important part of life. So what do you do when you actually have sex with someone? Like, how would you know what to do? Is it like, it, are you expected to just know everything naturally? I don't know, but I mean, really it's, uh, it's a question mark because I'm not married yet. Um, and so there has been no occasion, uh, like in terms of the official, I, I guess in some ways when it comes to taboo topics like this in our culture, um, the assumption is um, like need to know, like you'll, you'll be told what you need to know. So, you know, I mean, I have uh, assumptions that if I was to get married, at some point some elder in the family probably or some older like married sister or something like that would probably come up and give a little sex at talk but i have no idea because i have not needed to know because i have not even been close well, to you know i can tell you that you know from all the couples that i've worked with and in this past year, I've worked with tons of Indian couples, tons, mm -hmm. and some Muslim, some not Muslim, and nobody's talked to them about sex mm -hmm. because my first question to people is always, so what was your sex education? Because uh -huh. I want to know, right? What was their sex yeah. education? That matters. What do they really know? What have they been doing? And yeah. a lot of times they have no clue and i and i've asked that question mm. has anybody like educated you on this was there a course that included this before you got married or anything and i've always gotten no yeah so so what happens often is initially it's new and it's different and uh you know they go with the flow of whatever but the problem is that sometimes they don't like what's being done or they're feeling uncomfortable and they don't know how to say anything yes. so they just like think like this is it and you have to go with it like they don't even know that they can say well let's have the conversation before we have sex so we can kind of talk about what we might want to do and what we might not want to do and and you know where do we start right, right? because before people get married, I, I've asked this question as well. They plan their finances. They plan years for their wedding. Mm. They plan like, you know, to have children, even if they don't want them. Oh, it's expected in their culture. So they're doing it. Right. You know, uh, I've seen people who were not married yet, but they're getting married and they can't get along. They don't enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. And they're still going to get married because their families expect them to. Right. And so like, I've seen a lot of different things, right? Yeah. But, but the point I always try to make is so, so how could you connect? Because obviously these people, if they've decided they're getting married, it's not my job to tell them not to get married. My job is okay. So if you're absolutely sure you're getting married, how could you be a little happier together every day? 
Yes. Let's take small steps here to get to really know each other so that we could maybe find some way you can connect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like, you know, this isn't just arranged marriages. I, I do work with a lot of people in arranged marriages, but some of them have chosen to be together, but mm -hmm. now like they enjoyed the sex the first few months and then it didn't dwindles. And I see a lot, a lot of wives who want way more sex and who want to enjoy sex and the husband loses the desire for them. Totally loses desire. Like if he has sex once a month, once every three months, he's happy. And he really doesn't understand. I don't desire my wife. I don't know why. And they feel like they can't talk to their family or their community because they think like, wow, there's something really wrong with me. But it's just a lack of education, really. Right. Right. And if you start to feel there's something wrong with you, then you're going to be stressed and you're going to have a hard time relaxing enough to enjoy sex. Mm. So you're you're going to put it off more and more. The more you put it off, the, the easier it is not to have it. So it becomes like years of not touching, not anything. And one partner is completely sex starved and the other partner couldn't care less. Right. So that doesn't make for happy lives. Right. Even if they look like they're doing great together. Even if like, you know, they have a house and they both have work and they have kids and it looks good. They're dying inside. Yeah. They're dying for connection. They're dying for touch. And mm -hmm. Let me be clear, and this is why I say we have to decide first, what is sex? Right? What is intimacy? Mm. Because it's not always penetration. It's not always getting naked. Sometimes it's just holding each other. Right. Naked or in, your, in our underwear, like however you're comfortable. But just holding each other. A lot of times people feel sex starved and really they're touch starved. Mm. They haven't even been touched because touch makes us feel loved. Doesn't have to be go all the way sex. It could just be as simple as you're going to touch your partner. You're going to hold their hand. You're going to hold them and you might even fall asleep together or put on a meditation tape and, and hold each other and meditate. You know, you don't even have to face each other. You can be spooning. You can switch it up. Like these are the moments that create connection. You don't even have to say anything. But the fact that you want to show love by holding each other makes a huge difference in a daily life. Mm. And I can tell you this because I see it a lot. I have couples who haven't had sex in ages. They haven't even touched. And I start off by asking them to just hold hands for five minutes every day. And some of them can't do it. Yeah. It's sad. Mm. So you know there's more there, right? So then I always ask people, so what do you think sex is? Right? And I hear all kinds of stuff. Like, what would you think sex is, Samia? Oh, that's... I mean... I've, I've, I wouldn't be able to give you a well thought out definition. <laughs> no, but um, just your, your opinion. That's all. It's good. That's good. Your opinion. Right. I mean, I think for sure, for me, my primary orientation is as 
I generally think about it in the context that I shared earlier as a Muslim. Because for me, that is the context that's most happiness promoting to think about it as a way that we get to. But, okay, so let me be clear. Yeah. Does sex include penetration? It can, yeah. I understand. But it doesn't that. have it to. It doesn't have to, no. Does sex have to be about touching your genitals? No, I don't think so. It doesn't have to be. But see, this is what I hear. A lot of people think, well, sex, like we touch each other and we penetrate. But that's not always how sex goes. So we talked about the, you know, what you were talking about, the this art of lovemaking, this, this supernatural, like spiritual uh ascension of lovemaking and that as i was saying is the energetic blueprint so that is one of the most misunderstood blueprints among men you know mm -hmm. because people think that men should be able to just get turned on and have sex and that men i hear different cultures are a little different but generally men have a past to have sex because people think they can't help it they need sex and and you know men have to do this and men are going to be like this and men will get blue balls they have to go it's not true it's not any more true than women and women also have uh you know different organs inside that fill up and that need sex physically mm -hmm. and you know and some women do need it to survive and and so I just want to touch a little bit on the four other blueprints. If yes, that's please. Yes. So, because if you, if you are, you know, reading your, your book and you're thinking, wow, like this looks like such a beautiful uh, art of lovemaking, but that's not how I want to have sex. It's okay because not everybody can do it that way. Everybody's not wired that way. Right. So there is another blueprint called the sexual blueprint. And that's the blueprint where people actually need sex in order to relax and enjoy life. And those people are called sexuals. And they're more what I was saying, you know, they can like be doing something and all of a sudden you touch them and you say, I want you and they're done. They're, they're there and they want the penetration and they want their partner to have an orgasm and they need to have an orgasm and they they need this almost every day sometimes twice a day because it makes them feel alive and when they don't have sex they get depressed they feel like they're not good enough they think there's something wrong with them like it becomes very bad but sometimes they're ashamed to ask because you know they they just want the sex and they don't understand but that's just because they're a different blueprint mm. and and that's the way they're wired now can they learn to be a little patient and meet their partner if their partner's a different blueprint yes and that's why we need to talk about our sex life before we get married and make a plan you know a failure to plan is a plan to fail so if you haven't planned out you're to have a great sex life for the rest of your life and follow the plan consistently, it's going to fail. And a lot of divorces happen because people stop having sex. Next thing you know, they're feeling like they're not loved. They're disconnected. They end up having a divorce. Yeah. It's avoidable. 
right? If you understand your partner's sexuality and your sexuality. So, so that's the thing with the sexual. They just want to go for the genitals and the penetration and they don't need all that, you know, hours of noticing where your pleasure points are and getting an out of body spiritual experience and all that. Often they don't even understand that because they don't feel that. And you can do little touch games to see who can feel what, right? I have a whole little party of touch games where we have, we, we check, like we bring in all kinds of stuff and we, we do it on ourselves. If you have a partner, you can do it with your partner. We don't, you don't have to get naked or nothing, but it's fun. If you ever want to do a, a segment on touch games, you know, I'm open to that. Um, but you know, so this is, this is the second type, the sexual. Now the third type is the sensual and a sensual, as the word says, needs to have all of their senses included in the art of lovemaking. Mm. So they are looking for odors and what they see and what they hear and what they feel and, and sensations on their body. So, you know, they may like to be on a soft blanket, a furry blanket, because that's tactile and it feels good on their skin. And they may like massaging, you know, it's actually might be arousing to them. Uh, but to some people it's not. Like if you're an energetic, a massage feels really good, but it might not arouse you, yeah. right? Whereas the sensual, it would most likely arouse them. Uh, they might want to have uh, the lights on so they can see everything. Unless they have shame and they feel body conscious, then they want the lights off. Um, you know, they might want a certain music on because they want to hear something. They might even want to have like chocolate or something that they can savor while they're exploring their partner and, and enjoying things like that. So, so that's a different style as well, but that's about the heightened. And sometimes we see this, how people set it up for women in movies, right? They put a candle, they bring them flowers. Uh, there's right. candy there. Everything's well set up. That's the sensual, right? But that's one of five blueprints. You may not be a sensual. Everybody's not, right? And, and you may have some of all the blueprints because really we have a little bit of all of that, right. but we usually have one that's stronger, you know, that we're more, more content in. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to explore and there's a quiz you can do for that. I can leave you the quiz if people want to click on it and go check it out. Part of it is free, but you can pay a little bit and get a more elaborate one if you want, but just take the free one. You might find out something about yourself, right? And then, um, you know, so, so the thing with the sensual is if something goes off like let's say the music stops or a different music comes on or uh the candle goes off they they get distracted now and they're not in the mood it it, it messes with their mood because mm. as we saw in the sexual who needs sex to relax the sensual needs to relax in order to be able to enjoy sex so they're very different mm -hmm. right Yes. Like to the sexual, sex is like air. And to the sensual, sex is to be enjoyed when everything's perfect. So if there's a pile of laundry on the floor, 
that may distract you so much you can't you can't get into the the mood you know like i said if the music stops you might need to go and put some more music on so i always say just go with it because sometimes the partner starts to get upset oh my god like you know like you've gotten up three times now like do you want to do this or not well that's not going to help right that that messes up the whole mood like the sensual is already struggling if there's things going on in the room distracting them. So just let them go fix it so that they can continue to enjoy time with you. Yes. It's not personal. And this is the thing. Sometimes people take things personally and it's not personal. It's just about them trying to enjoy the pleasure, you know? And then we have the kinky. And a lot of people are ashamed to ask for the things they'd like to try because they're worried that kinky will will be like bad you know and their partner will shut them down no i'm not and i have to say a lot of partners do that you know i want to try like just tying you to the headboard tonight just lightly what are you sick or something well do you think your partner's going to come talk to you about the things they'd like to try again no and maybe you would have liked it you didn't even give it you didn't even talk about it right so like these are the things that people do that mess up opening up the conversation about sex because okay. their partner doesn't feel safe with them yeah right so yeah. so you know whether your partner wants to try tying you to the headboard or uh, maybe they want to try having sex like outside you know maybe they want to uh just try a different position because Kinky is not what people think it is. A lot of people think kinky means, you know, chains and whips and pain and that's extreme. That's BDSM. You don't have to ha go into all that stuff to be kinky. Like, I think I'm pretty kinky and I don't like pain, you know? Whereas if you look on my, um, I I'm just started a YouTube channel and it's called uh, Coach Diane D. And there's a playlist on there called Sexuality Misconceptions with Diane, which you're going to be on in a few weeks. Uh, but the first one on there, which is the only one on there right now, is my interview with Kismet, Kinky Kismet. And Kismet loves to be slapped and stuff. And she doesn't come from abuse. And she never had like sexual trauma. She just one day realized when she hurts herself, it turns her on. Right? So she talks about it pretty candidly in a 45 minute interview. And, um, you know, and I, I was so happy that she was openly uh, talking to us about the things she enjoys and how her discoveries and stuff, because, you know, we need to stop putting shame around people who like something that's different than us. Now, I would not want to be with a partner who wants to slap me around. That's not my thing. But I don't need to judge her because she likes it. Like, obviously, they talk about it first. They set up some rules and they do it in a safe way. You know, they also test how hard do you want to be slapped? Uh, where, uh, how, you know, they test these out before they do them. Yeah, yeah. And this is where we could learn from the kink community to start testing out our sexual stuff before we do it. Yeah. So, you know, in a healthy plan, you're creating a safe space. And that's really important in order to be able to have a conversation about sex, Ooh. right? Yes, yes. So 
can you tell me a few other uh, tips for how do you open up that safe communication? I mean, if there is any other that you want, any other tips that you want to share? Sure. Uh, Well, first I should say there's one more blueprint. The fifth Ah, one, it's the shapeshifter. And it's when you are in all of these, Uh these are all like at a high level and you could actually be very versatile. You could match with anyone. And the problem here is that somebody who can jump around will enjoy that with someone, but then they never get fully satisfied because they don't ask for what they need. Uh, So it's important to ask your partner, you know, do you like this? Would you like me to try it harder? Would you like me to try it softer? Would you like me maybe to take a piece of fur or a feather? Do you think that would heighten your pleasure? You know, where do you like this feather? Do you like it on your head? Do you like it on your face? Do you like it on your back, on your neck, in your arms? Like explore, right? But how to open up the conversation, that's really important. How to make it safe. It starts in your daily life. So how much do you listen to your partner? Like really hear them. How much do you have a good communication where you feel heard and they feel heard? Mm -hmm. How much are you able to be like a team? Because what I see a lot of, which is sad, but it's because of what we see in movies and cultures um, is women who are very domineering and who are constantly telling a man what he does wrong, that he's not good enough, that, you know, well, why would that man want to have sex with you? You're talking to him as though you're his mother. Like he's not your child. Stop doing that. That's number one, right? So if you are constantly like, and I I talk about the ABCs, you know, the accusing, assuming the worst of your partner, blaming your partner, criticizing your partner, comparing your partner. Like these are all relationship killers, right? Right. Even like doing things out of obligation, obligation equals resentment. So if you're forcing your partner to do things, you know, to to buy that fancy house when the house you have is perfectly fine and and you can afford it. That one he's going to have to work twice as hard or you're both going to have to be so busy at work you won't see each other. What's really important, your relationship or a bigger house? Like people today want ridiculous things, right? Why do you need like two Cadillacs in the yard? Right? A Kia would do just as good. No, but you know what I'm saying? I so know like, what you're saying. Put yeah. your friggin' relationship first. Yeah. Before you do things, before you buy things, before you talk to the kids about stuff, how will this impact our relationship? That's the question you have to ask before everything. Yes. And know the intention. If the intention is not to improve your relationship, then don't do it. If it's going to make your relationship harder, put strain on it. Like I see couples who have so many unresolved issues and they just keep piling them on and fighting and they both want to be right. Is that love? It's not love, guys. That's chaos. 
Yeah. And so, that's this point you're making, Diane, because as you said earlier, also the way you do the rest of your life, it will show up in the way that you do sex and the way that you do sex shows up in the rest of your life. So oh, I just love this point. Thank you so much for sharing. This. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, it starts with safety, right? Make it a safe space for your partner to talk to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, and I say partner because I see it from both aspects. Yeah. You know, I see it from all genders. Yes. It doesn't, it's not necessarily a man doing this to a woman or a woman doing it to a man. People do it to each other. Right. And sometimes they both do it and and it just creates a horrible life. Right. So first stop. That's my first step that I tell my couples. Start noticing how much do you accuse or blame yourself and how much do you accuse or blame your partner? And mm-hmm. just notice, I always say, take a blank sheet of paper, put a line down the middle, put myself, others. Yeah. And just notice every day as you're going, if I, oh, I just accuse myself of being an idiot. I just blame myself for that explosion over there. Okay, tick, tick. Oh my gosh, at work, I was blaming my partners because this wasn't done, but I didn't do my part. Okay, tick, I did it. Just be aware for starters. Awareness is everything. And then, you know, after a week, sit down and look at it and and don't feel sorry for yourself. Just go, wow, do I want to keep being this way? So stop when you catch yourself accusing or blaming or even assuming the worst. Sometimes we assume the worst of ourselves. I won't be able to do that. I can't do that. You're assuming the worst of yourself. Stop. What if you friggin' can? Do it. If it doesn't work, then you know. But don't say you can't until you at least try. Right? And then how many times do people assume the worst of their partner? Right. Or their children? They're not texting me back right away. Well, you know what? I hate texting. And my phone is over there on the table. I check it maybe three times a day. So if you want to reach me, call me, right? If you want to reach me in my business, send me an email, right? I check my emails regularly, but I mean, not every minute of the day. I have a life too, and your partner has a life too. So you can't expect things like that. And that's another one, expectations. Write a list of everything you're expecting from your partner, and then write a list of all the great things about you as a partner. What kind of partner are you? Are you an amazing partner? Are you a safe partner? Do you encourage your part, your partner? You know, are you using your words to build up your partner or to tear them down? Mm-hmm. And this applies to your children as well. Yes. How often do you compare your children? Because that's a relationship killer. Yeah. How often do you push them into doing things because you want something that they may not even want. Stop pushing people and just accept them the way they are. Cause at the end of the day, guys, and this is in every culture, in every religion, everywhere I've been in the world, people just want to be loved and accepted for who they are. Mm. And it starts at home. It starts with me loving and accepting myself and then loving and accepting my partner. 
and then loving and accepting my children. You know, my parents were horrible parents, but as I got older, I dug into their past and I got to know who they really were. And I was able to forgive that and learn to love and accept them for who they are. Yeah. Just because I accept that they were not good parents doesn't mean I don't love them. And so you can say, I have been a really bad partner or a really bad parent in some areas, and I'm changing that today. Yeah. It's all up to you. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of like we were talking about earlier, that you're lacking the education and the support that you need to first of all, properly understand what the problem even is and then to help create the positive change around that uh, yeah absolutely so diane i hate to be the bearer of bad news but once again we are running out of time it's all good i think we i think we basically talked about yeah. everything that was the most important right Yes, yes, you covered some really, really excellent points. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that amazing wisdom with us. And for you, our listeners, please make sure you check the show notes and click on the links that we're going to be adding there so you can connect with Diane and learn more of what she has to share and get her help and support to, um, you know, just improve your lives, improve your communication, improve your relationships with your partners, with your children even, um, you know, and uh, yeah, until we connect next time, I wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.